Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Thursday, July 15th, 2021. Well, you've probably thought about this at some point in your life, but don't you wish you could see it? Don't you wish that, you know, instead of taking an Israel trip like many Christians do today to go and walk where Jesus walked, don't you wish you could take the time travel version of that trip and get on a plane and magically go back 2,000 years to actually be there when Jesus walked and to see him performing miracles, to see him teaching the crowd and hear it for yourself and fill in all the blanks of your imagination. And obviously we have the four gospels, but at three years, Jesus was doing ministry. What was he like in the downtimes or in the in-between times? What did that look like? Well, we have to accept we can't take that version of the Israel trip. We are left with what scripture has given us. And let's praise God for that because what scripture has given us is sufficient. And I want us to look at our passage today in the Gospels and just to take a step back and imagine the the scene that it must have been. We can't go in a time machine, but uh, let's imagine it for a moment. And let's realize, though, that the point of it all is not just to think about what it was like. It really all is meant to point us to a person, and that person is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So let's look at Luke chapter 6, verses 12 through 19. And as we do this, there's two parts to it. The first is the 12 apostles. And it records kind of the record of who those apostles were. And it makes it seem that Jesus had many disciples, followers, people that were traveling around with him. And it was out of that group of followers that he specifically chose 12. And it lists their names here. I always find it interesting that right before Jesus does that in verse 12, he goes up and he spends the whole night in prayer to God. Wow. Uh, Next time you've got a big decision, maybe you should contemplate doing a prayer all nighter. Right. And, And really, you think about it on a human level. This was a huge decision as Jesus chose the 12 disciples. So I don't think it's coincidence that it's right before that, that Jesus spends all night in prayer. But then look what happens when he comes down uh, the, the mountain. It says he came down with them and stood on a level place with a great crowd of all his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon who came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured, and all the crowd sought to touch him, for power came out from him and healed them all. What a scene that must have been. And again, we can only imagine what that was like. And so I think what I want us to kind of be warned against and warned to is is warned against, we can't just recreate the environment right? Uh, And we think even of all the miracles and the power, like we can't necessarily just go and do all the things that that Jesus does here. And and we can't make it about the experience either. I I think that's something we have to be careful for because the Christian life is not about an experience. It's about a person. 
So we can take this passage and just kind of fantasize about, oh, what that must have been like, or try to recreate that. Or we could really, instead of focusing on the experience, that's what I want us to be warned against, we could be focused on the person. And we could be focused on Jesus because, yes, it is this same Jesus that we are called to proclaim. And no, you are not one of the 12 apostles, but that the mission that Jesus gives to them has been passed down to faithful Christians today to go and make disciples of Jesus Christ. And so I want us to think about that as we read this passage, to think about this Savior. And it just seems like there was such a needy crowd coming to him. Well, people, there is a needy crowd today. There are people that need a savior and the only one available is Jesus Christ. The one here who teaches the multitudes, heals the multitudes. He's the same one today. He's the only one that can bring salvation, healing, and really in the ultimate sense, because we know he is coming back and all the temporal problems, what we see in his first coming is just a taste of what he is going to do the second time when he fixes everything. And this is the savior that we need to tell people about. And I hope as you read today, you're not caught up in the experience, but you're caught up by the person, Jesus Christ. And as we think about that person, we want to turn now to Ephesians chapter one, verses one through 14. And here it's such a glorious passage of scripture. And really verses three through 14 is one big run on sentence in the Greek. And you can see it is just packed tight with rich truth, amazing theology. But even this passage, it all comes back to Christ. It's in him that we have all of these things. It says, blessed be the God and father in verse three of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. It is in Christ that we have all of these blessings. And so one thing I want you to do, again, as we focus on the person, not the experience, is I want you to read carefully and slowly and prayerfully through this passage today, because it's going to give us a sampling of, you know, it says every spiritual blessing. It's going to give us a sampling. It's going to talk about how we were chosen in him before the foundation of the world, how in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses in him, we have obtained an inheritance so I want you to, to, to think through this slowly. I want you to think through this carefully. And I really want you to pick out uh, something from this passage to really hone in on and to really chew on today and to really give thanks to God. Because you, uh, while you aren't there to, to witness Christ and to hear his teachings and to be healed of your diseases by him in the first century, You are here to experience the incredible blessings that are available to you through Christ. And so I want you to to pick out some things from this passage to focus on today and to give thanks to God for today as we don't seek to get caught up in an experience, but we seek to be devoted to a Savior. And I think this passage will help us do that. And I hope that as we do, we're overwhelmed with gratitude. And that's what we're really going to see as we go back to the Old Testament today, to 1 Chronicles 17 through 19. And this first chapter is going to include what we call the Davidic covenant. And really, the part I want you to focus in on here is David's prayer in response. 
and just how David approaches God and even just his first words, who am I? If you really believe that you have all the spiritual blessings of Ephesians chapter one, you know what you should be saying? Who am I? And and why has God done this for me? And I think David gives you such a good sense of that gratitude and how that gratitude leads us to worship and devotion to God. And I hope you experience those things as you read God's word today. And again, I hope setting our eyes on some of these big picture spiritual things and thanking God for them and being full full of worship as a result of them, just that all of these things come together to help you today and whatever temporal challenges you're facing, that they kind of get lost in light of all that God has done for us in Christ. After that chapter, we read a, a accounts of David's victories. And we see then an interesting story in chapter 19, where David seeks to do something good for somebody. He he sends these men uh, to befriend this new king, but he perceives it as a threat. And then that turns into war. Maybe there's times where you've done something you thought was going to be nice and it's perceived as a threat. Well, it happened to King David too. Um, But we see here uh, eventually a victory that is won. And so here it's good. Uh, We see good things happening under King David, but we're reminded really these good things were flowing from a king that was full of gratitude and filled with worship for his savior. Let's end today by going to Psalm 83, and we look at verses 9 through the end of the chapter. And yesterday, you you saw him crying out, God, do not keep silence, uh, asking for God to help. But what I love today is he goes to even a particular period that's of biblical history that usually we think of as a bad season, but he goes there to find examples of of the faithfulness of God. Starting in verse 9, he says, Do to them as you did to Midian, as to Sisera and Jabin at the river Kishon, who were destroyed at Endor, who became dung for the ground. Make their nobles like Oreb and Ze'eb, and all their princes like Zeba and Zalmunna, who said, Let us take possession for ourselves of the pastures of God. All of those examples come from the book of Judges. And those are, if you read the book of Judges, which you've done this year, hopefully, Uh, hopefully some of those names started to sound familiar to you. And you're like, oh yeah, I remember Sisera. That's the guy that, you know, gets the tent peg driven through his head Um, by that that woman after, you know, Deborah and Barak win win the battle. And, And hopefully you start to remember these things and you see how those things should help you when you're crying out to God. You should say, God, I remember when you did this in the Bible and this in the Bible. And those things should begin to inform our prayers. And again, one thing I love about the Psalms is how focused on God these prayers often are. In verse 18, you see the end of his prayer. Why is he asking for help? Well, he's asking for help that they may know that you alone, whose name is the Lord, Yahweh, are the most high over all the earth. Man, may that be true of our prayers as well. Just focused on God, focused on worshiping him. So we can't get in the time machine, time machine today. We can't go back and experience the experience of following Christ, but he is still our savior and we are still blessed in him today. And we have the opportunity to spread the word about him 
today. So let's go and do that together. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.